Hello and welcome to the Inner Gamer episode 311, like the band 311. Yeah, we are yeah. the video game source for you, the casual gamer, and my name is Breganowski. And I'm Austin Morales, and this week on the Inner Gamer podcast, Brett jumps into Yakuza like a dragon, a game that no one cares about. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I will fight you like a Yakuza. Okay, I'm scared now. And then Brett and I jump into Avengers Future Imperfect. Just a little preview. I beat it. Brett did not. And we give our opinions of what we played so far. And the gaming news. Square Enix had uh, a little presentation and announced a bunch of new games. So we jump into that. And we got some new stuff for Avengers that we're excited about, surprisingly enough. And Sony reveals the next-gen VR co- uh, controllers for PS5 and much, much more. And for a discussion topic, we jump into the legacy of stealth games. We have a list of stealth games we thought pretty much sum up that whole genre and yep. some that some that we like so listen to our thoughts we do a little flashback on some of the best stealth games we played and uh so much more so cue that music welcome to March 23rd, 2021. Welcome to the Intergamer Podcast. For first-time listeners, welcome to the show. We make this podcast for our fans. If you ever have any feedback, please let us know at hello at theinnergamer.net. That is an email address that you can reach out to us at. Yes, we are old people. We still use email. So email us at hello at theinnergamer.net. Don't what's the, at reply us. Don't hashtag uh, us. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The hashtags. Uh, send mean, us an email. You mean Twitter? The Twitters. The Twitters. Yes. Yeah. Reach out. No, that's not cool anymore either. Good. Now the new thing is the TikToks. I don't want no TikTok. Oh, don't send me no TikTok. Are you on TikTok yet? No. Come on, man. You got to get on TikTok. China owns that. They're spying on you. doesn't matter. No, it's good. You got to support TikTok. Look. It's the best. I know Apple and Microsoft spies on me, okay? But China has just gone too far. Yeah. It's just one too far. Amazon spies on you, too. Everybody spies on you. It's the still world American company. spying on you. <laughs> I know. Uh, At least if, they're all of our country. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, that, that means... Enough of that. If you're a return visitor, thank you for sticking with us. If you want to make this show better, you can consider donating or simply sharing this episode with a friend. You can visit theinnergamer.net slash donate to contribute. And also, don't forget to tune in and watch us almost every single Wednesday at twitch.tv slash theinnergamercast. <laughs> uh, last week was St. Patrick's Day, and we may have celebrated St. Patrick's Day as we do to celebrate the Irish and um, therefore we didn't stream, but we did stream on Thursday, which was cool. It played some Valheim beat the final boss, um, which was crazy. Who was a lot easier this time. And Brett fought him with a copper sword. <laughs> Hell yeah, I did bronze sword, bro. Sorry, bronze, bronze sword. It was, it was upgraded. Cause we bronze. all had silvers and he had a, he, he was back in time. Yeah. Yeah. A man. But hey, place. I was killing man. I was killing it. I was like, yeah, I'm taking you out. My bronze sword. And we won, and it was amazing. And then you died in the new forest that was oh, out there, whatever new forest. There's a new there's a new area called the Mistlands, and there's nothing in it yet, but it exists. And he died. Spider webs everywhere, so watch out. Yeah, it's gonna be like grounded all over again. They're gonna have to add arachnophobia mode or some shit just to make it make it work out. But anyway, we've been playing some video games this week, and we're gonna talk about them right here on this podcast. Uh, the first game I want to talk about is a game that I've been playing through. This is just going to be a early impressions of the game because we haven't, I haven't gone too deep into it, but I have played about three ish hours and it's a Yakuza like a dragon. 
And this game is very interesting because it's a game that I normally wouldn't find myself playing because it's just like, it's very Japanese. It's very, uh, it's turn-based combat. It has all these things that I'm just not typically, it's like, it's basically like playing Persona. And that's a game that I would turn away from just because it's just a lot to take in and it's so different. Um, but this game is really entertaining. Like it's, it's pretty awesome. And it's, it's weird because part of me, when I jump in, when I first jumped into it, First, it's like published by Sega. So they had like the Sega sound at the beginning. And I was like, I haven't heard this in forever. Like wow. this, it's like, I mean, how often do you turn on a game and hear like the Sega sound effect when you start it up? You know what I mean? It was very, very different. Um, but what's cool about this game is uh, Yakuza has been out for a while. It's like basically the Japanese version of Grand Theft Auto, right? And they, uh, this is the first one that has a brand new character. So instead of it before being uh, whatever the other character was, now it's, um, Ichiban Kasuga is a uh, grunt for a Yakuza family in Tokyo and he gets sentenced for uh, to do a prison sequence um, for a little bit. What are you doing over uh, there? I'm, I'm, oh, are you listening? Oh, the Sega. There you go. All is right. that what it does? No. Yeah, kind of like that. Kind of <laughs> like that. Yeah, it sounds old. It's like... It was, yeah. Okay, we're going through time with the Sega Star. Yeah, okay, it's interesting. Um, but basically, like, you get, like, kind of wrongfully accused. Like, you basically have to take the fall for this family um, that you didn't commit, and you go in to serve time, and then you get out of prison, and then you have to now figure out, um, you know, go. you think you're going to go back to your people who put you away. Like, you were doing the time for them, uh, for your family, and you find out everything that's... Because you're um, part of the mafia. Because I'm part of the mafia, yeah. Everything that's happened up to that point... Um, is like everything's changed. Like the person that you thought was like your your like father figure, who's like the leader of this like family that you work for, um, they're dead. Basically, has is doing something different now. Like he's moved up the ranks. He's no longer with this family that he was originally related to. So now he's got to figure out how to kind of like survive on his own. So um, he uh, he teams up with a couple of different people to go on a mission. Together they drown into conflict beneath beneath the surface in Yokohama and must rise to become the heroes never expected to be. Um, so like the, in, the, the interesting thing about this game is that there's a lot of cutscenes, like a lot of cutscenes. Um, like I think the first hour and a half I played was like 90% cutscenes and 10% gameplay. Um, just like going through like this conversation here with this back and forth and this conversation over here and like just doing all this like story build up kind of, kind of stuff that's happening. And the dialogue is really, um, silly in some places it's serious but then there's also a lot of like really like silly bits that are just you know it's stupid but kind of entertaining japanese humor that they throw in there that like overly exaggerated emotions and things like that that are just really entertaining to to watch and read like this one time i was fighting this bat and it's also very brutal in a way that i didn't expect because there was this like guy um uh, close your ears kids but there was a guy that you were beating up on, on the ground and you're like kicking him in the face and it's like i'm gonna beat you up you fucking cocksucker and it's like kicking him to the ground and stuff like that i'm like holy shit like they say that's in this game like i didn't think they would go to those levels of like like vulgar language but uh they did but they said in a yeah, serious way like in a funny way like and it's it was strange it's like the thing that he said was not matching like like he was like happy and kind of like kind of joking about it as he was doing it i'm like okay this is weird but it's a, uh, it's good it's like a very good different kind of um 
way to tell this story and um then what i'm used to because i mean mean, we've been playing so many games like valhalla and you know like you you playing god of war and then i was playing like cyberpunk and stuff like that like everything's super serious and it's kind of cool to play this game that's in a serious world and it's like serious like story beats that are happening but there's there's just a lot of humor that's mixed in all throughout the way um and that's been been pretty cool to see and it's a uh, it's a pseudo open world. It's like an open world, but it's a very small open world. And that you're like in this Japanese city, and there's a lot of like cross paths and stuff like that. You just walk everywhere, and then you go from like different places to like follow the directions to get to your location. And then cutscene ensues, and then you go about your you know gameplay, whatever you're you're going to be doing. And then like whenever you're um, you can all there's also a bunch of like random stores and stuff that you can like walk into just like get sushi or you know get a uh like a ramen bowl or like all these different things that are like scattered around the town just have random encounters with people and conversations and stuff like that um when you're not in major story cutscenes, all the dialogue is dealt through with uh text on the screen so it's like just talking heads back and forth with like text that you're reading so mm. um only the oh, main yeah, story yeah. is actually cut scened and everything else is like what you play with like square enix like you know octopath travel or even pokemon of like reading the text to see the dialogue um but it's kind of cool i mean it's 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 not something that i would expect from this big of a game but um i don't mind it like you know having that piece in there um and then the turn-based combat like it's basically like kind of like playing a Pokemon or a Final... Not even Final Fantasy, because Final Fantasy is not turn-based. But like playing a Pokemon or playing an Octopath Traveler and stuff like that, where it's like you go up and meet these like four thugs that you have to kill mm-hmm. and then... Mm-hmm. or beat up basically and it's like they initiate like turn-based sequence and it first starts on you and the characters like moving back and forth like they're ready and preparing to fight each other but they don't actually fight each other until you like take action so you have like four commands that you can go with you can either attack or you can use an item which would be like you know nigiri or whatever to like give you health bonuses so everything you have is like sushi that you have on your person to like uh uh get your health buffs and then um, you can use um, special abilities that you can unlock over time to then attack them with heavier hits. And then there's like moments where you have these um, uh, like quick time events kind of deal where it's like if you're near like an object on the ground and you're going in, you like perform an attack, you can press a button to then react to the environment and like grab like a chair and like smack them in the head with a chair and like use the environment to your advantage to get like two hits on somebody in one turn. And then once you're done, then they go to a turn, but you also can block when they're attacking you. So if you time it right, you have the potential to block an attack and then, um, you know, end their, their attack on you. But it's very kind of active turn-based combat close up it's not like you zoom out or anything it's very close up on the characters and you uh you fight it out that way and i just i didn't expect it to be like that but i really enjoyed it quite a bit so so would i like this game i feel like you would i mean like it's it reminds me of i feel like i played one of these back in the day yeah i can't remember and if i did it wasn't very long yeah I don't know. I would watch a video on it to see what you think of the, the video content. Cause I don't know if you'd like the humor <coughs> per se, but I mean, like, I think you'd like the gameplay and the, uh, the flow. I mean, cause it, it is, I mean, when we talk about like cinematic nature of things, like it, it, there is a fairly, I mean, there's a lot of cuts and like scene transitions and like, there's a lot of character development. Like the, the characters are really interesting. Like Ichiban, like he's a, He's like a very good looking, well dressed guy. And then his like partner is like the completely polar opposite of him. And he's like, looks like, uh, you know, who's a uh, Will Ferrell's 
friend and um I always forget his name. Yeah, that guy that's in Step Brothers or whatever. Yeah, yeah, like he yeah. kind of looks like that guy but an Asian form of him. And except with like a mohawk, which is also weird. But he's he's got that whole thing going on and uh it was it was really interesting. But I think I think you probably would. I mean, it's not a super long game, but there's a lot of there's not a boatload of like combat scenarios, but it's just it's just it's different. It's interesting. It's like the yeah. it's not a game like I've played before. And there is some stuff that feels older. I mean, just like the menu screen, like navigating through that, like feels like it's something from like a game maybe five or years ago or something like that, uh, which isn't a bad thing in that instance. But um, the combat is cool. I mean, the the visual st- style on the screen is really interesting. The world's very dense, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, the other characters are pretty pretty intriguing. So um, I was I was pleasantly surprised. It's 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 good. It's good. Nice. Yeah, I'll look into it. I'm not sure, but here yeah. uh, I think. Um, a lot of games have a problem or have to be creative about how they tell their story and uh, have you play the story and have those cutscenes in there, right? Yeah. So does it do a good job? And do you prefer the, like, mostly cutscenes in the beginning? Unless, like, how does that work? Like, is there a cutscene that you just, like, walk a little bit and then there's, like, another cutscene? No, it's very clearly kind of, like, it's, like, scene to scene. So it's, like, you, like you're you're going from like you exit a building and it's like, go to this location you go to that location, you walk into the building and then a cut, cut scene, like a, a scene takes place. So it's like, you walk up to this guy. There was actually one, one sequence where you're working with, um, you're basically the, the, the family leader guy, um, has you watching out for his son and his son is in a wheelchair. You don't learn that at the beginning of the game, why he's in a wheelchair, but he's in a wheelchair. You can't move his legs. So you're basically kind of his keeper to like carry him around for the, the mob boss dude so you take him out to this uh place the guy wants to go visit this girl for his for her birthday turns out it's like a it's like a you know a brothel you know kind of place where it's a bunch of like you know um prostitutes and stuff hanging out or whatever um but very nice like a very nice place to go to um so he has these like three women that he meets up with and one of them is like the girl's birthday and he wants to sit there and hang out with her and like buy her all kinds of nice things but she's just using him for his money kind of situation um so the, he goes there to assist in that so we walk to that location with the guy so when i'm walking there with a the guy like i'm we're wheeling the wheelchair guy in mm-hmm. and there's a part where you like do an action to like let him like help him get out like he actually like injects himself with something that gives him like adrenaline to be able to walk for a minute so that he can walk while he's in this place while he's hanging out with her so that she doesn't know that he's like crippled. Mm. And then um, it was kind of a weird thing, but it's, I don't know what it is, but some like black market thing that he got. And um, very interesting. And then he goes in there and like hangs out with her and like has the whole conversation and stuff like that. But when you're in that whole area, like the only action gameplay that you're doing is you have to look for, the girl mm. that he's trying to find. Cause when he gets there, she's not there. Mm-hmm. So then he tasks you with like, Hey, go find her. Yeah. So you go to like, yeah, yeah. like booth to booth to be like, Hey, is, do you know where so-and-so girl is? Um, and just, you know, press X to like talk to him or whatever. And then you come back and then there they are. And then later on when you go out of the building, like there's like a fight that ensues, you know, you have to like do some combat and stuff like that. But surprise, there's a fight. Yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of like walking, um, from different points throughout the world, yeah. but there's no driving yet. Like there's not like GTA where you like jump in cars and like driving around like crazy. Like, cause the world is pretty small. Uh-huh. They're navigating through, um, at least the part that I've been in now, I don't know if it opens up to like a bigger world later on, but right now it's kind of a tiny world, but okay. Interesting. But it is kind of, I feel like you might like it just because of the fact that there is a lot of, story here like yeah. way more story than i anticipated yeah um and it's kind of cool for that we'll see what happens i might play it i don't know 
Cool, cool. Like I got back into Baldur's Gate, and now I kind of want to get back in Cyberpunk because I'm looking for that RPG. Yeah, elements. yeah. And I almost beat Baldur's Gate Three's uh, little Act One. Yeah, which was quite a bit of content. Right. Anyway, we're not here to talk about that. No. Yeah, we're here to talk about the next game That's that right. we played. So, Austin, what have you been up to? Uh, Marvel's Avengers. I played their new DLC. Yeah, boy. Which I didn't realize was called uh, Avengers Future Imperfect. Yep. And uh, I beat it. It's about four hours, maybe five, anywhere from three to five hours. But I'm pretty sure I only got four hours into it. Sounds about right. Yeah. That's what Kate Bishop's DLC was, about four hours. And this one was a lot more engaging than Kate Bishop. I just, I mean, I think a lot of people were in agreed that Kate Bishop DLC was more of the same. Yeah. And this one added, like, you go to the future uh, as Clint Barton, and you get to experience what has happened. Uh, we get a little glimpse of that with Kate Bishop's DLC. You have the Kree have come in and have these giant mech droids destroying the city, the, the world, and you get to see the aftermath of that, and it's cool to go into this wasteland that was... So I know slight spoilers if you didn't play the last DLC. Oh, there, yeah. there is uh, some things that we will talk about from that <laughs> DLC. But no spoilers for this DLC yet. That's right. I'm doing my best not to spoil anything. Um, anyway, so you get to go in this new world. And it's, it, it is exciting. It's fun. It's something new. And I felt like this DLC needed to come before the Kate Bishop. Obviously, there's a storyline happening here. And like I said, during our impressions of our, our playthrough of the Kate Bishop DLC, I did not like Kate Bishop. I didn't like the way she played. I didn't like her personality. Clint Barton, on the other hand, there's some issues with the story, which I can get into in a second. But for the most part, like I like his character, and he's a badass, especially with that sword. He has a badass sword. Yeah. And as you unlock some of his uh, new moves, like he does a really cool, like uh, I think it's three or four combo of arrows yeah. that he can do. So it's like he'll shoot one, then he'll shoot like a group of three, and then he'll shoot a single, and then he'll roll back and shoot like a group of like eight arrows that go and like wow. find their target. And I was like, this was awesome. And so when you fight the the final boss in in his DLC, which I won't get into, yeah, I, I use that a lot. Yeah, and he has a really cool super move where he locks onto everyone that's around him, and I guess it's a certain radius. And he has like this little arrow from uh, I don't know if you guys remember uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. The guy who raised uh, um, the main guy, and I forgot his name, Star Lord. Okay. Like he has this arrow that he like whistles and it goes and like kills people like that. It's, it's kind of like that. I don't know if you remember that, Brett. Uh, vaguely. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it's kind of like that. And it just goes around just running through people. And it's, it's pretty OP, I'm not going to lie. And it stays around a decent amount of time. Now, I actually don't know if it has to hit certain amount of time before it goes away or just stays around for a certain amount of time. But it's almost like a ghost arrow and it's just like, it, it's devastating. He also has a new ability where he like throws down a healing circle around him, which is a nice support move. Yeah. And he has the, what was the other one? Oh yeah. It's like a mini barrage, uh, arrow. So he like, th- I think he shoots one or two and they like explode into different, like these little balls that fall on somebody. So it kind of stuns them and yeah. does some damage. Yeah, uh, I like that move a lot. Yeah, and I didn't realize when I first used it because like I didn't, 
I didn't play the harm mission before I, oh, I, yeah. I feel like I need to jump in the harm mission pretty quickly to learn how to play the character. But like, I didn't really, like, cause the first thing I did was the L1. I forget the L1's your support. Right. And it was like basically an AOE, like healing effect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one is like the barrage, but I didn't realize you could hold it down and like have it like send out like a circle that you can, yeah, like you can move it. where it goes. Right. Yeah. Right. So that was, that was cool. Cause I was doing it. I thought it would just shoot it like the, the, the nearest person close to me or like a group <laughs> or there was like a distance that you had to be to shoot it. But yeah, yeah. you can move it. I was missing a lot the first, the yeah, first few times. Yeah. The, but, the final boss was Maestro, right? Yeah, yeah it is. Okay. Spoilers. Well, no, that's not <laughs> a spoiler. Spoilers. I mean, that's, that's in the trailer. So is yeah. it? Yeah, they reveal who the final the boss is. So, oh, okay. Yeah. I just I just don't want to like talk about like what but all you didn't things know, are. Right? He might not have been the final boss. Well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Okay. Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's like because they they show the final boss in the first the first one too, which was that big huge like like oh, yeah, android yeah, yeah. dude that had like basically had kind of conjoin all the things of the Avengers into one character. So we had like Captain America abilities and Thor abilities and all that stuff. And I felt like that this was, one was definitely cheesy maestro. as hell. Yeah. Cheesy as hell. Anyway, so we can jump in the story. Um, yeah. For the most part, there's some new things like you actually see humans in the world, which yeah. is interesting. Um, and but weird. it's very, I mean, it's just this one location, like the whole rest of the city that you're traveling in has nobody else in it except for yeah. robots. And then, of course, when you go into the future, <laughs> Clint Barton's like, these are like zombie robots from the past. They just pop out of the ground randomly. They still have power somehow after decades, and uh, they want to kill you. Of course Which I think is a nice take on it, but it's like, guys, guys, we're still doing AIM robots? Like, so do you jump, in, jump back and forth often throughout the campaign? Uh, eventually, you're just, you're just going to be there with everybody. Eventually, the Avengers get, go to the future. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then there are some other characters. Okay, so eventually they introduce like new enemies. They're literally just a handful. I forgot what they even call them, but they're more of like a mercenary group. It seems like, and they fly around. Which did they? Did they, they didn't have the watchdogs. Yeah, they, no, they, they were in the original. Yeah, they were at the very very end though. So okay. like they're very so minor. But like whenever them. we went to uh, San Francisco oh, on the right. coastline before we like fought the final you're boss, right, we had like right. the big ass ship. Yeah, that's where they were. Yeah, so they're well, not very common. But I was glad they brought them in here because I'm like they could use, use them more. Yeah, it's different, and I appreciate that. And I think they're. I think because it's an Avengers game and it's supposed to be more kid friendly i guess like they want robots so you have no uh there's a moral conundrum when you're like hurting people right but there are people in this game that you do hurt but for the most part it's mostly robots yeah i don't think it's i think it's more just like they they picked this part of a story because i mean that's friend the comics like that's you know these these characters exist in the comics i think it's just they they kind of stuck too much to that and didn't like take enough liberty. I mean, because they're they're sticking very very close to like from what I understand to the comic series that they're basing these things off of. Because mm-hmm. like there literally is a whole comic series called Future Imperfect that is this whole story beat that we're. So if you've read the comics, I feel like we're basically following in the footsteps of what that comic wrote. Okay, which is kind of cool. But it is also, cool. But I don't see it like the way that these stories are being told. I feel like they don't join very well for, or from the main story to the DLC. Um, even though I feel like. The uh, Marvel's Avengers storyline is pretty decent. Yeah. And there's some good moments and good character building and stuff. But yeah, when you get to the end game, there's just like, you know, it's so rep- uh, repetitious. And then you go and you're hoping this DLC has kind of refreshed the game, and they do to a very small degree. And this one does refresh it more than the Kate Bishop DLC. But after I beat it, I went to go to the Wasteland, and there's only one big open world mission in there. 
See, that's crazy. Which is nice because yeah. it's different. And I had fun playing it, but it's like, how many times am I going to play this? Well, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, what is it, Thor's? Because you know you have Snowy Tundra, which is, yeah. there's a lot of missions in Snowy Tundra, but then like, it's just I think it was Thor's area where yeah, there's like just one Thor's. mission there. There's two. I'm like, or two, yeah. But there's only, it's just for Thor. I'm like, why like, haven't they added more to those yeah. regions? Like Exactly. It's like, you guys could be adding so much more, and I get that there's an issue because they've been losing money. Last time we checked, it was $63 million potentially. Um, and they're trying to fix the game. There's a bunch of bugs. And when I started playing this DLC, I felt like this might actually get people back into it because it feels new. It feels fresh. You get a new character. He actually feels powerful um, early on in the game. But, you know, once you beat it, I only got to level 21. And I think all of the characters who I just play through the campaigns get to level 21. Mm-hmm. So I have a few characters like that. I think Hulk, actually, I left him at 20. So I've been trying to rank him up a little bit. But, yeah, it's just there's a glimmer of hope, and we know that the Wakanda DLC is coming out for Black Panther, so that will add hopefully new maps. We'll talk about that more later. But oh, yes. Okay, all right. But um, I'm hoping that actually looks fun. Yeah, and actually, we can talk about it now because we're because yeah. we're going to talk about the uh, Square Enix presents, which is where that was announced. Oh, okay, at. okay, okay. So I want to talk about like the the overall, but yeah, let's talk about it because like they um. I don't know too much about it. I just watched the trailer and it looks good. Yeah. And it gets me excited and the Black Panther looks awesome. Yeah. So let me pull up the, yeah, the Black, Black Panther is really, really good. So for those that aren't aware, when Marvel's Avengers was working to come out, the Kate Bishop Hawkeye DLC was actually supposed to be the first DLC that we got. That was the original plan. And it was supposed to come out like a month or two after the game launched. But then it got played by bugs and it fell apart. And then the whole entire roadmap shifted because it was supposed to be Hawkeye, then Kate Bishop, then Black Panther. Or actually, it might even been Black Panther prior to that. But I think it was. When 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 uh, uh, what's the guy's name that passed away? Um, Black Panther uh, actor. I'll look it up real quick. Yeah. So the Black Panther actor that that passed away. um, He uh, uh, we're pulling up here. Chadwick Boseman, thank you. All right, so when Chadwick Boseman passed away, they didn't feel it was right to like announce Wakanda. So like originally, when they were not, like leading up to the launch of the game, I think this was going to be war, like the Wakanda expansion was going to be announced like then early and be there because it was part of the original trailer. And then instead, what they did was they added something at the beginning of the trailer that was just like remembering Chadwick Boseman kind of deal. And then they never talked about it again. So that was originally the game plan was that that was going to come out sooner. And then it was, it probably would have changed a lot with things, but they had to pivot to adjust for that. Plus the fact that the game fell apart. Um, but so we just got Hawkeye future and perfect. Uh, also the next gen upgrades, which I do want to talk about that for a minute before we jump into the full thing, like PS five upgrades here. Um, it's a pain in the ass to set up. Oh my gosh. I mean, like you had to, I, so this is, oh yeah, that's what that was the discussion I want to have at some point. I don't know when I want to do that, but I'm going to talk briefly on it right now. PS five has problems. It's so fucked up that they like haven't figured out how to make, like you can't upgrade. Like when, when this game came out, there's a PS4 version, and a PS5 version. So in order to upgrade it, you have to update the PS4 version to be completely up to date to enable the ability to log into the game to click a button that says save migration. 
that's the only reason you have to do the update is so that that button exists in your game. Then you click that button and then you go and download the PS5 version to your console, which creates two versions of the game on your console. And then you launch the PS5 version. But you got to be careful because when the PS5 version finishes downloading, it's not actually done. It's still downloading the rest of the game in the bottom corner, but you don't know that. So I thought my game was crashing like 10 times. So you Turns out it. it just hadn't finished downloading yet. You installed it, reinstalled it. I installed it twice. Yes. Oh I was pissed. And then finally I got it installed and then opened the game and then was able to migrate the content. But then now it's like I have a PS4 version, a PS5 version. It's like all these games do that. I'm like, why can't I just take the PS4 version, upgrade to the PS5 version, wipe the old one immediately? Because like, who's going to go back to the PS4 version if the PS5 version is working? Like, nobody. Who wants to go back to old graphics? But we have the new graphic upgrades and they don't really feel a whole lot different. Like... Did, did you f- notice any like significant increases? I mean, it just the, plays better. The frame rate's better, yeah. but it's just like I'm I was hoping for, for some more visual improvements than just like I didn't track out the 4K because I was like I don't want to. I want to keep my 60. Yeah, the 4K inch, and I was that's another thing I was shocked by. I feel like because I think this game was running on 60 on the last console, but it was just like guess upres 4K or something. Well, it shouldn't have been upres. It was on PS4 Pro. I think the things were the same it's just they added more effects now so like they have better they have ray tracing and they have some other effects and stuff like that but it definitely is not um not as significant of an upgrade as i hoped it would be but it's there and we have it so that's cool but um i'm gonna go back to the story for this yeah go for it i felt like with the kate bishop dlc there was a lot of campy humor and they try to be funny and kate bishop was trying to be like tony stark i felt like the way that they wrote a character and had the, the jokes and is like, it's not working guys. It's just not working. I thought it was funny. They did the same thing here, but it's stupid humor. Clint Martin. And I felt like it was unnecessary. Like uh, they're forcing humor. I felt like in my opinion, and it just not working. Didn't like it. There are good moments in this game, but I felt like towards the end, there's so much that I don't understand about what's going on that I guess they assume some people know about. And I feel like that's a problem Uh because the way that, I mean, I don't know if anyone else thinks about this, but the way that the cinematic universe, the Marvel cinematic universe was played out, I think is pretty brilliant. The way they tie everything together, how they have the movies connect to one another. Um, Obviously that was what a decade and a half in the making. Yeah. uh, Which obviously they don't have that, but I think there's something to live up to there with this. And I feel like it's not going the same way. And I feel like I weren't they saying that uh, it was a Disney or Square Enix was saying that, you know, something about Square Enix being like one of the top developers in the industry. And it was all great and grand. And they're very happy to be paired with Marvel and stuff to make this Nate game. Some of that nature. PR bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like. When I heard that, I was like, what? Like, you could have given this to anybody else. Why is Square Enix so, like, important and stuff? And I know the developers are doing what they can to make this game good, and there are issues with the company and stuff, but I felt like the respect is there, but it's not to the degree that the cinematic universe has. There's different mindsets, too. Making a movie is different from making a video game. Well, the budget's significantly different, too. That, too. Yeah. But I felt like the the story could have been better with these two DLCs. And I get that there's issues with money and funding and trying to get these out as soon as possible without and and fixing the game. But right now it's like I'm having fun, but it's the same problem we've had before. Like, it's just not going to last. Yeah. And that's what sucks. 
And I like I wish there was more story bites here. Now I have a question. Do you think this is better or worse than Destiny 2? Story wise. I think story wise it's better because they already have a history of stuff there that they don't have to create for their own. Yeah. Gameplay wise, I think Destiny's better because you have different places to go to and you have different creatures to fight. For but the do most you? part. For the most part. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, if you look at it, like, I'm trying to figure out... Like, do you want to fight robots and some humans? Or do you want to fight aliens, robots, and uh, ghosts? <laughs> yeah. You have three different Which things. are the same. I mean, like, the Fallen are just, like, the... What, what's the first characters that the they introduced? No, that's Covenant. Oh. Like, the first, like, oh, the bad Fallen guy that the, you had on uh, Earth. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's like you had you had those guys. You had the uh, the 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 dudes with the heads that are on Venus or whatever. Oh yeah, they you have the, the other alien, the big brute aliens. And then you have the yeah yeah the, the covenant like aliens. aliens. Yeah, and then you have um, the the robots. Yeah, and then you got the they're basically all aliens. Yeah, and yeah, so there's really not. But I'm, I'm trying to because I mean, but like, at least they play the variety isn't that different. But yeah, they do play differently. So I feel like in this one, there's there's way too many robots and not enough of like the watchdog characters that like float around and stuff like that. Like I feel like they could have utilized them more, or they could have brought in because they had they had those characters that like you know dart around, like you know zip around and do all those different things that I think are also robots. But they like they don't feel like robots. The ones that have like the the, the katana sword things, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the adaptoids, you know, those are technically robots too. See, those but are like, fun to fight because they're hard. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like there's there's a lot of there is a variety of characters. It's just I feel like we. I guess because of the there's a is a repetition in the interior spaces like that's one of the things I think that really kind of killed a lot of that is that the interior spaces are very repetitive and then the um uh just the out, outside world like you're in the same world same three worlds basically because again yeah. they have those snowy yeah. tundra that not snowy tundra but the other one the that uh thor was from that you only go to one mission for that they could have leveraged more of right and at least in uh destiny they had like five six seven different planets that had a large like open world scale space to explore in right um and that was that was really cool and their their content releases seemed to be a little bit more frequent and and yeah. updated, but they also had a lot lot of funding and stuff like that. I don't know. That's it's, true. It's it's very I mean, it's hard to compare the two, but I think they are comparable. They're they're very similar. I mean, they they have the same issues, yeah. but something about Destiny just made it feel. But I mean, I actually I actually prefer Avengers over Destiny, honestly. Because even though it's really repetitive, I love playing the combat. Like I love the gameplay. Like I think fighting those those robots and like doing all the cool moves, especially with like Hawkeye's character, like I think he feels awesome. Like yeah. really, really good. Right, right. I agree with you about Kate Bishop not being as strong of a like a character, but I mean she was the only real character I played that I didn't like playing. I mean I love I think, Hulk, I love Thor, yeah. I love Captain America, I love all those characters in Except their own I played Hawkeye and then I went back to Cap. Oh, I, hate, I, I hate Hawkeye and, uh, well, I guess Kate Bishop's a little better. But, like, when he runs, I get the jump. But he didn't jump very far. No. But, I mean, he jumps farther than people. Than he, but at least he can, like, grab on. He's kind of like a Black Widow where he, like, has, like, the, I mean, he yeah. uses his arrow to, like, shoot and pull himself up. Yeah. So you can do that and maneuver pretty quickly, which well, is helpful. What I wanted to say was that I played some of the other Avengers, the, the first ones, or the main ones from the game, and they, they feel like heroes. When I'm playing Kate Bishop and, and Clint, like I felt like they were not up to par as much. Not that they're not fun to play and they're not powerful. Yeah. It's just they feel different. Even in comparison to Black Widow? 
I think so. Because okay. even she felt like she ran faster and jumped farther. Yeah. Okay. And she has some cool stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Because I think I think Hawkeye. I was surprised. I figured Hawkeye would. Hawkeye and Kate Bishop, I thought would basically be like the same character, um, but I feel like Hawkeye is way more in line with like like Black Widow. Yeah, like I think I think they're yes. very similar in their play style because they both have front of like melee combat abilities. Um, they both have ranged combat with three different pr- like projectiles to do, and the way that they traverse the world using like her with like her slingshot thingy, and then or the grappling hook deal, and then him with like shooting his arrow to like pull himself up. Yeah, is very similar. Whereas like Kate Bishop, she teleports around um, in different distances, and she's she's a little bit different than what I thought she would be, but. Um, yeah, it's 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 interesting, but yeah. and, uh, one thing we don't see in this but uh, roadmap, Spider Man. Oh yeah, we gotta talk about that. Um, yeah, yeah, Spider Man is interesting. So there's a roadmap that we haven't talked about yet, but I do want to talk about this roadmap. So we have a roadmap pulled up. They did finally release a roadmap because everybody's complaining that they don't have a roadmap for Avengers. So when they announced War for Wakanda, which is their next expansion after Future Imperfect, which is coming out summer and beyond, sometime this year, it's going to come out with Black Panther, new hero outfits. They're going to increase the power level cap. They're going to bring in new villains, including Claw, uh, new faction enemies, a new story, new jungle biome, and a new outpost. That's all going to be coming later this year with the War for Wakanda but in between then um, in the springtime they're going to have the Tachyon Anomaly um, which that we don't know what that is yet uh, Red Room Takeover enter the Red Room with new themed Harm Room content new outfits Cosmic Cube in the summer with a new Scientist Supreme Villain Sector and then confront the unchecked power of the Cosmic Cube and then a new Wasteland Patrol which is a patrol mode for uh, I guess all of the war zones so I think it's going to be kind of like a Destiny patrol mode where you can like explore yeah. freely and just like do little mini game things and yeah. stuff like that. Um, well, the big thing outside of the Wakanda is that, and outside of uh, the Future Imperfect, is there is no new like areas besides the harm room getting some right. new stuff. Yeah, and that's I mean, what kind of sucks. It's like I don't, I don't, I'll probably play a little bit of some of this stuff, but it's not going to be consistent enough. Where like I, I can't be a destiny destinier. Yeah, we're like in there every day doing some stuff, and yes, Destiny has a lot more time to grow than this game has but still it's like i don't know if this is enough to get people back in yeah and they might stop after wakanda they might i mean we don't know how they're going to be able to i was actually kind of surprised to see Wakanda. i'm excited to see it but i was i was worried because of the fact that there's still stories coming out about how much that they've lost fan bases that they like just want to shut it down but i mean i wouldn't be surprised I mean, I'm I'm glad. I mean, I I I want this game to succeed. I wanted to go for it because I still have fun jumping into. It. I don't jump into it as much as I did, but I do have fun jumping into this game. Oh, there it was and uh and playing through it quite a bit. Hey, I think it's got more people back. Good, twenty five hundred people better than it was before, which was like a hundred or two hundred or something. Yeah, like, that. like two or three hundred. Twenty four yep. hour peak was twenty over twenty five hundred, and then all time peak was twenty eight thousand. This is on Steam charts that we're looking. Yeah, um, which kind of not entirely accurate, but it's got some numbers accurate to showcase. Enough. Yeah, definitely dropped quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least it's got something, but we'll see how long it keeps. Cool. Well, I'm excited to finish it and get through it, and I want to try the customizable harm room. So that's a new thing that also came out that you can uh, 
customize the harm rooms and like have different types of enemies appear just to like test your combat abilities and just like make up I want to drop in 10 adaptoids and like five robots and see if I can take them all down with my friends um, that's kind of cool that there's like a little bit more you can like twist up a little bit and you can replay the campaign now finally it took them in like you know six months to add that but they finally made it a, a thing you can do so that's also a plus and, yeah um, I'm with yeah. you I wanted to succeed man but we got issues yeah I know. And if they just can't scrap the game, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. But well, shit. I feel like it's Disney. They don't want it to be scrapped, so right. I don't know. Yeah. But they have a lot to make up for, so anyway. I believe in them. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the games to play this week. If you want to play games with us each and every week, you can join us in our Discord channel. You can check out that link in the show notes. And if you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for our video game news. News. Around the world. I just want to play Avengers now. We can love that game. Love it. Yes. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. It is time for video game news. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the week in the gaming industry. If you want to get involved in this week's segment, you can send us a question. Not this week's segment. Next week's segment, you can send us a question or a comment to hellotheinnergamer.net, and we will talk about it next week and on the podcast. We're not hungover. And we're not hungover. Yes. Not, not kidding. Like little schoolgirls. That's right. That's right. So... First up, one of the biggest things I think that happened this week is uh, Square Enix had a Square Enix Presents event in which they announced all kinds of things that are coming for Square Enix in the, the following year. Um, a couple of the highlights include a new Outriders trailer because Square Enix is publishing Outriders. They brought out a story trailer as well as some gameplay uh, exposure. So that's coming down the pipeline. We will soon be talking about kind of our speculation regarding Outriders with a special guest. So that's going to be pretty cool um, in the next week or so. So make sure you tune in for that. Yeah. But um, yeah, Outriders is coming out looking cool. Um, just briefly, Austin, has your hype level changed in any way? Like, are you, after having thought more about the demo and all that stuff, like, do you feel any more or less excited about it or are you kind of like eh, and we'll see kind of what happens like what's your gauge right now uh, yeah I'm about the same okay cool. I'm worried on some points but then I'm excited on other points so yeah we shall see cool uh, they announced the Tomb Raider definitive survival trilogy so there's gonna be all those games are coming back out again so that's why Marvel's Adventures has taken a while because uh, they're working on the Tomb Raider series, because that's also from Crystal Dynamics. My gosh. So, um, yeah. Wait, do we really need this? I mean, it was made for you since you haven't played any of them. Right. And I think it's worth someone like you actually diving into it. Well, it, it. sucks, though, because I've already bought all these games. I just <laughs> haven't played them yet. Because <laughs> I bought them like when they were on discounts and stuff like that. I was like, oh, I might play this eventually. No, so then why I don't you just like, play oh. You don't need this. Yeah, but this is the definitive edition. Oh, my And they might gosh. be up-resed. I don't want to play old games, you know, old graphics. You that's know what I mean? true. You might be right. Then they announced a bunch of mobile games that we don't give a shit about, so we're going to move on from that. Um, but Marvel Avengers, as we talked about earlier, announced Black Panther and War for Wakanda. If you didn't know about that, you can go back to our game segment and hear us talk about that. It's a very exciting. Yes. But that's 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 something that I was hyped for. Um, Me too. I guess Austin's hyped for it. Yeah, you know, like I was exci- surprised <laughs> that this even came out. Because we've heard about it, we didn't know it's coming out, and they're showing like new stuff and new areas and... Black Panther looks really cool, and I think we're all yeah. going to be fighting over who's going to be Black Panther. But I guess, I guess by this point, they'll have the Tachyon anomaly, and we can have four people playing the same character. 
Oh, you think that's what's going to be? I guess no, it would be. No, it's, yeah. I said the tack on anomaly was everyone could pick the same character they wanted to. Oh, that shit. was in the roadmap. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah, okay, okay. So yeah, we could all be Black Panther, but then I don't know if the Tachyon Anomaly is going to actually tie into this. So right, it might not be that. His outfit does look badass. Like they did a good job with uh, the the what the Black Panther outfit. Yeah, so yeah, it's definitely I, got the same vibe from the movie. So yeah. and I appreciate that. Yeah, I hope it hope it delivers. Yes. Um, and then uh, Life is Strange announced a new game. It's actually not done by the. Uh, um, by Don't Not Entertainment is done by um, the other group, uh, Deck Nine, who I think worked on uh, Before the Storm. So, but this is featuring a new character. It's a new story in a new town with a younger sister who uses her powers of psychic empathy to come to grips with her brother's death. And it comes out September 9th. Um, I'm assuming it's going to be episodic like the previous ones are, but um, it's not stated here when they announce the trailer. But it, it looks interesting. Like the visual... Um, the the characters that they revealed were pretty cool. The graphics don't look anything like crazy different than what we're used to with Life is Strange, but yeah, um, it still seems like it could be a, a good story. And I mean, I love the Life is Strange series. I haven't played the latest one, Life is Strange Two, but Life is Strange Before the Storm, original Life is Strange, all that stuff is really good. So yeah, hopefully this one is cool and fun, and they have a new power. Yes, so that's also exciting. That'd be great. And then they revealed Project Athea, which was a game that was announced, uh, I think, for one of the PlayStation 5 events. Uh, they've now revealed what the name is for this game, which is Forspoken. And it is going to be a game with a... They announced the, um, the main character, Frey. They revealed her voice, the voice actor for it, the actress. Um, and then showcased the gameplay trailer that showed a lot of acrobatic movements through this very uh, intense, well-designed open world space that looks pretty awesome with some interesting large scary characters dragons flying around and all kinds of other creatures and things and um kind of reminds me a little bit of uh uh the 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 pathless that came out except obviously that's much more artistic and stylized remember that game that came out earlier this year it's a it looks like um journey except you are a little character that runs through the world. And you have to continually run and jump around to maintain uh, momentum as you're traveling into the, the world and fight bad guys. Um, but it's a, it was a PS5 launch title, and it's an uh, indie game, I think, from the people that made um, Abzu, oh, so, who cool. used to work for that game company. Oh, um, so they made Abzu, and then they came out and made this game, and... Uh, it, it, it was received really well, so cool. I never played it. But it, this looks like a high fidelity version of it, um, in a sense. But nice, nice. Yeah. How do you nice. feel about this? Just I mean, there wasn't much there, but like there wasn't much there. But I mean, I think they're trying to show that they're doing some really cool like movement stuff that we haven't really seen in a game before, kind of. Yeah. And um, yeah, if it's open world, you traverse this whole area. Like, I'm curious to know what the story is and who this person is because this show is seen at the beginning and the person's like in normal clothes, like me and you kind of clothes, but then, but she has these powers and or later on in the demo, she has this, or the trailer, she has these powers and she's moving really quick and doesn't look like she's wearing normal clothes anymore. It looks like she's in this fantasy world. that's put on these fantasy clothes that huh. exist there. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. So I was like, I don't even know what the hell is going on. No, but, uh, the actress is British and she has really cool, uh, like I really like her British accent, but in the game she has an American accent, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. Yeah, 
Maybe it's she like, does. Oh, she still have her normal clothes on. She just yeah, has, like, she's cloak. got like a yeah, like a cloak on or whatever. So, so. I don't know. Not sure. She's a black younger black woman. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, look up the pathless real quick so you can watch that. What that looks like. Oh, okay. It's it's very interesting. Um, but yeah, it um it's good. It looks like a cool game. But that's that's the gist of what they had at uh the Square Enix event. So I mean, really the big things are the uh. Um, Wakanda, the uh, Force Spoken, and then the uh, uh, yeah, this one. Life is Strange. But yeah, this this reminds me of like almost the same thing. It's like as you're running and jumping and like you got the trail falling behind you. It's like very interesting how it's okay. like yeah, yeah, yeah. the same kind of Yeah, I remember when this was announced style. and it looked really cool, but then it was overshadowed by, well, we want to play PlayStation 5 graphics. Yeah, this is PlayStation 5 graphics. I mean, it's stylized. It <laughs> right, right. So it's like, it's more like Nintendo graphics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but good graphics. It's this beautiful. Might be worth jumping into now. Yeah, I need to check it out. Maybe it got reviewed really well. Like it's hard apparently because I mean it's like a bunch of boss battles and stuff like that. But yeah, the pathless is supposed to be pretty pretty solid. So anyway, Sony everybody has revealed their next gen PlayStation VR controller for PS5. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how they announced that there is a PS VR two coming out at some point and i love how we're watching this article on polygon and then next to it is a google ad for the oculus <laughs> quest 2 very very good targeting on their part but um playstation 5 vr controllers will incorporate dual sense technology and um they are promising stronger immersion with adaptive triggers haptic feedback and finger touch detection um Senior Vice President of Platform Planning and Management has said that uh, they are touting an iconic design that will change how VR games are played. And they say it's like super iconic. Really, this controller looks a lot like the Oculus controllers, except it wraps around your hand more um, than the other one did. But it it does look very sleek and cool. It's definitely much better than the Move controllers that they've been using. But the three key features are the adaptive triggers that will be on both left and right hands, including adaptive trigger button that adds palpable tension when pressed similar to the dual sense controller. Um, so you'll be familiar with the tension from the L2 and R2 buttons when you press them, such as when you're drawing your bow to fire an arrow, that same kind of a mechanic will apply to VR and experience that is amplified to the next level. And then haptic feedback will be built in the controller optimized for the form factor, making every sensation bless you in the game more important impactful textured and nuanced whether you're traversing a rocky desert or trading blows in melee combat you'll feel the difference magnifying the extraordinary visual and audio experience that's so central to vr and then finger touch touch detection um, can detect your fingers without any pressing in the areas where you touch your thumb index or middle fingers this enables you to make more natural gestures with your hands during gameplay uh, tracking, so it's the VR controller is going to be tracked by the new VR headset through a tracking ring across the bottom of the controller. Um, so that big ring is actually what is tracked by the headset itself, and then some uh, you know additional buttons that are on here. So the controller looks great. I mean, I'm glad that they finally showed that, and we know that it's coming, and I think it'll definitely be a leg up for that. I just hope that. I hope they're able to ditch the camera that you need. I mean, if they just get it to where, I mean, it sucks you still have to use a cord, but if it's just like a single cord you have to plug in your PS VR and then everything else is tied into the headset, that's a pretty big step in the right direction. Yeah, because how, how much was the original Oculus with the sensors and everything? The original Rift? Yeah, the Rift. Uh, I want to say it was like 699 or 799 Okay. Yeah, it was about, well, and then the HTC Vive when it first launched was like 1000 bucks. Yeah, and how much was the uh, the index? It was like a thousand as well, right? Yeah, it was a thousand. Yeah, and then because I'm trying, I'm trying to think price wise. How do they get this down? How do they? How do they? Well, I mean, fuck. 
Oculus made Oculus made it happen, right? For yeah, three ninety nine, two ninety nine, two ninety nine. Like, uh, there's got to be a way the PlayStation can make the same something similar, where there's already cameras on the outside of the headset, where it's easy, or to map everything. And but looking at the controllers, there, I, I have a lot of hope that they might blow us out of the water with this. Well, not in the sense it's going to be something like revolutionary, but in the sense that it's going to be a major upgrade from the original PSVR, right? To the point where. Hell, what if they made it where you don't even need the cord? That's I mean, what they need to do. Yeah, but I mean, I guess that would be... It, they could. It definitely could be a competitor to Oculus yeah. with the PlayStation thing. But obviously, you would need to connect to the PlayStation or for... I mean, you can Bluetooth it or do it over the internet. It connects that way to the console. A sense of, like, you have to log in and do all this other yeah. stuff. But, um, well, hey, man, I think this is... Just looking at the controllers, I'm already like, yeah, yeah, this could be something awesome for them. I'm, I'm really hoping that when this comes out, like, if they can bring it... Because right now, like, the PlayStation VR is still, like, 300 bucks, which is the same price as the Oculus Quest 2. So why not buy the Oculus Quest 2? Because it's untethered, it's smaller, and it works great. But if they can bring this out, keep it at $300, and make it to the level of quality of that of the HTC and Valve Index Ooh. because it's attached to a system, but they have the higher quality PSVR that they're running off of and basically kind of become that budget cost headset <coughs> that still requires a cord that's the price of the Oculus Quest, but has the power more akin to the bigger tethered headphones or headsets and stuff like that, then that'd be pretty impressive. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hopefully they can make that happen. Would you See. buy one for three fifty? Maybe I don't know. Depends on the like the quality of it. I think. Mm. I mean, if it's like not any better looking than my Oculus Quest Two, then there's no reason to because there's such a good library on the Quest already. Yeah, but if it's definitely going to be like significant, like if it's larger uh, field of view mm. and um, higher resolution gameplay, I could definitely see myself buying another yeah. one of these. It would probably have to be corded at that point. Well, it's going to, they already announced it. It's oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's already confirmed. So it's going to be a single cord that plugs in. It's going to be that's a right, USB-C that's right, that's cord right. that's going to plug yeah. in. So um, so we have the cord. Think, we have yeah. the controller. Um, but at least could. it's just one cord. But they also haven't said if there's going to be a camera like that you have right. to have. And I'm hoping that they're going to have like the external stuff. So you don't need the camera. You just have to literally just plug it in the Yeah, but they, do, they already have a camera, too, for the PlayStation 5. I know. So I can see that being a thing. I don't know. Well, I know they couldn't see ahead of time that, hey, COVID's going to happen, so maybe we should work on not having a camera. But <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I well, can see it happening, man. The way that the UI was working with uh, Avengers and stuff, trying to get that over to the PlayStation 5 version was a mess. Such a mess. Why not? I mean, it's basically the same, right? PS4 to PlayStation 5, it's basically the same thing, the way it, they work. And it's just like, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, they're definitely preparing because, like this uh, this month in um, free games, Farpoint is a free game on PS Plus, which Farpoint's a VR game for PSVR. Mm-hmm. So they're already seeing. I wonder if they're trying to like prepare people for like, hey, claim your PSVR games. You don't need to have PSVR yet, but when the PSVR two comes out, all these games. I mean, if you've collected them, like you're going to be on, have a leg up, right? Because I, I don't right. I don't think they're going to stop that anytime soon um, with giving like a few like freebies here and there for the PSVR. And that's where Sony's kind of lacked. I mean, I think the PSVR sold pretty good. Not, not amazing, but I don't know. Sony's been in high gear. I felt like to try to get this right. Yeah. And and make it successful. Right. And they just haven't found that market completely. 
Because, I mean, you buy a $400, $500 console, you, you, <laughs> I mean, how much more do you want to spend on that thing? Right. Sometimes not much more. Right. I mean, you're spending enough already on games, now that they're going to be $70. Like, people are taking that into consideration. I agree. Yeah. Um, speaking of PlayStation, they just recently randomly announced they're buying the Evo Championship Series fighting game tournament, which I thought was really, really interesting. I mean, like, I don't follow Evo that much, but... Um, they are they purchased the fighting games tournament that's like one of the hugest fighting game tournaments in the in the world so it's going to return in 2021 at some point um and uh, it's still gonna be open to all platforms um playstation is gonna now own it so um they are working in partnership with esports venture rts and uh the evo 2021 will be an online focus event starting august 6th through 8th and then again on august 13th through 15th and um, they uh, said that the uh, current lineup for the tournament will include Street Fighter V, Guilty Gear Strive, Tekken 7, and Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath. Um, and then more games will be coming soon. Um, yeah, they've had DBZ Fighter, or Dragon Ball Fighters and Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yeah. Man. I want to go back and play Fighters. I know, me too. Yeah. It'd be great. Because I bought it on my Switch and I haven't played yeah, it. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Like I played that one time at your house when we had like a party or something like that. I was fun. like, this is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just not enough people play it. And uh yeah, some people play it too much. We'll have to have a game night and get together and just play it again. Just Soon. do some stuff with it and go crazy. Soon. And then play a board game. Soon. All of the above. Yes. Knock out one of the board games we got, all that good stuff. All right. So next bit of information is Activision Blizzard is having some interesting uh issues as they tend to do um they've laid off roughly 50 esports employees as online events have grown in in priority um so because of covid and stuff like that they were before covid they were working towards building kind of like a traditional sports franchise system with their call of duty uh league and then their overwatch league by building like city-based teams and then having events that are hosted in those areas to bring people to public places to engage in these sports. Well, because COVID hit, they have not been able to make those things happen. And I guess they've been also losing some money in there. I mean, they've been doing all their like events online and the, the team based league growth has not been as quickly moving as they wanted it to. They're starting to lay off some employees, hmm. but then it's funny cause they're laying off 50 esports employees. And I saw another article come out that said that they're giving their CEO a $200 million bonus or payout or yeah. some shit like that. Yeah. I'm like, here we are again. They haven't learned their lesson. Clearly, it's like when they, you know, they like, you know, their stock like went up a lot, and then they after they had like laid off like nine hundred employees at yeah. one point. It's like, are you shitting me? It's pretty wild. But uh, it is interesting though that like I figured you think that they would have not need to lay off as many people because of uh, the growth um, because of COVID because like I feel like they'd be having more events online to do this, but I think. I think there's still a bit of an issue with uh live events or online events happening because of um the latency concerns it's like when you're playing online against other people it's like if somebody gets lag or something like that it can hurt the uh the quality of the game experience so there's mm-hmm. like something with that with competitiveness so i think when they they like to do it in person where they have control of the network because then it you know doesn't result in like you know 
super bad lag issues and stuff like that. So, um, but it's interesting cause like they said, like the people that get laid off, uh, will get a minimum of 90 days severance pay, which is pretty good. Um, health benefits for a year, which is oh, also wow. really good. Wow. Okay. Um, yeah. and then $200 battle net gift cards. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> Hey, why don't you just still play our games? Yeah, so right, here's some yeah, money yeah. you can take with it. But, well, um, I mean, it's, there's shittier ways to be let go, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's not, that's not absolutely horrible. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, given the times, but I don't know. Truth. I mean, well, apparently the esports stadium is still doing stuff from what I've seen on their like Instagram page. But at the same time, it currently is the place where people go and get vaccines. So I don't know if it's like vaccine central by day and gamer gate by night, or not gamer gate, <laughs> but gamers gamers by night, gamers by night. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works out. I haven't been up with it. I, obviously, no one's been doing anything major like that. So, yeah. they had a consistent following out there. I mean, it was pretty awesome. Yeah, I love to go back when things like you know get a bit more normal and stuff like that. Go check it out again. I mean, that one day when uh, me and you know, a friend of the podcast, Josh, went out for his birthday, we went to the esports stadium and played, rented the the con the play the PCs for a little bit and yeah. just played some games and it was yeah. kind of cool to be there around all these different people playing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like the best like setup for it, but I would definitely love to go see an event there. Um, and just, you know, hang out and check out a show. So, right, right, right. See what happens as we get back into more normal later on this year, as more people get vaccinated and I, things I feel start like, turning around. I feel like summer, we might see some stuff happening. I think so. Like gaming events. Yeah. Hell, we might be doing some gaming events by summer. We'll see. It's possible. Very possible. Stay tuned for that. Yeah. All that sun's going to eat up the coronavirus. Right. So last story we have, this was really cool. I saw this uh, this come out the other day, and I was like, damn, how awesome is this? So a modder found a way to improve the GTA Online load times on the PC, and he uh, fixed it, put it out there on the internet, and revealed it to the world, and was like, "Hey, here's my uh, my fix. It basically makes the GTA Five load times better because it's a game that you know you can mod uh, GTA Online on PC and do all this stuff." Um, it was such a good like update that Rockstar saw it, recognized it, approved it, and actually patched it into their own official patch um, from Man. what this guy did. And in addition to that, not only did they put that out there with patch 1.53 on PC that improves their load times, they uh, shouted out the Remoto responsible, and thanks to his contributions about the uh, the updates, they um, gave him uh, $10,000. Yeah. Yeah. So apparently they have a bounty program running where anyone discovering privacy and security issues in their game is eligible for $10,000 reward. While his work fell outside of that, they still said that they paid him from the program anyway as an exception because, hey, he, uh, you know, found a badass fix for their game to make it load much faster. So I'm sure people love him right now because, like, he made it made it run quicker because I know that game has had issues with loading. I haven't played it on the GTA Online on PC, but I know GTA Online, GTA 4 had a lot of load time issues. So anything to make it faster is exactly. better. And I don't know if you remember, but something similar happened in Fallout 76 when some guys heard of a cheat to like get unlimited stuff or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so they went in and did the cheat, confirmed it existed, reported it to Bethesda, and they Bethesda quickly banned them and just deleted their whole account and said, sorry, we you cheated the game 
And it's like, we're coming to you to let you know there's a bug here and you punished us. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, at least this guy got $10,000. Yeah. He got paid for his it's hard just, work. Yeah. Another yeah. reason why Bethesda's on our shit list right now. Well, hey, no, they're owned by Microsoft and all the games are free on. Uh, That's true. Game so, Bay, hey, so, thanks for looking up, right? Yeah. Everything's great now. You, you can play 76 for free. You don't have to buy it like we did. That's right. Spend $200 or whatever uh, to get the helmet behind suckers. Brett. Yeah. It's a bummer, but it was that it was at that moment they realized they <laughs> yeah. had fucked up. Oh my gosh, freaking Bethesda! I don't know. I'm hoping Starfield's good. They're, we're supposed to get some some uh, Starfield here pretty soon, so right. Fingers right. crossed. Actually, Deathloop looks really good too, so that's coming out later true. this year in May. Very true. So here we go. All right, that's gonna wrap it up for the news this week, everybody. Um, that's all we got. So if you're not subscribed to us yet on YouTube, you should go to youtube.com slash gamer and hit that subscribe button and bang that bell so that you can help us reach our goal of 1000 subscribers. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for our discussion topic. You're listening to the inner gamer. Welcome back. Each week we dive into a hot topic about video games. This week we are going to be talking about everything being bullshit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> just kidding. Are you, you uh, salty today, Brett? No, I was just saying. <laughs> I, was, I was just saying. I thought it was funny. It's like it's all bullshit. I was like everything's bullshit. Okay, we had a conversation about what are we going to talk about today. It could be about PlayStation and how much we hate it for certain reasons. Yes, yes. So that, he said that, that, and I was like, okay. <laughs> Yep, yep. Salty. That is bullshit. Uh, no, we're going to talk about the legacy of stealth games, actually, um, because uh, we were. This was actually going to be kind of coinciding with one of us playing Hitman Three and talking about it. But uh, have you played Hitman Three, Austin? You know, no. Yeah, and I, I, I haven't played Hitman, so we're going to talk about other stealth games instead, <laughs> and yeah, uh, just talk about that. kind of. Kind of why we haven't played. I feel like this will be this kind of conversation. So I pulled together a list of like various stealth games that were from like people's lists of top stealth games of all time. Mm. And um, we don't have to talk about all these, but we can talk about whatever we feel from our list. And then other beyond this list are like games that did a stealth really, really well. Yeah. I feel like. Mm-hmm. And then why they did stealth really well and why we ha- we don't play stealth games anymore. I mean, what was the last stealth game you played? Uh, Dishonored 2? Yeah. Did you beat it? I don't know. Okay. I don't remember. Do you like stealth games? I do like stealth games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I, I like, well, actually, I don't like stealth games. I kind of like stealth games. It's a, I have a love-hate relationship with stealth games because I like <laughs> stealth games until I get found. And then I hate stealth games because then I very lose punishing. and I have to start over. And yeah. I don't like that. I don't like having to start over. I want to just like lose and then just go crazy like in valhalla i'm doing stealth shit and then somebody sees me i'm like fuck it pull out the freaking double axes and just go to town go crazy and i can do that hey assassin's creed in here huh assassin's creed in here yeah it's not really so well i guess it was back in the it day was it was back kind of a stealth day. game yeah. yeah yeah i don't know i didn't like classify it as that because there still was a lot of like combat fighting and things of that nature right, right but it used to be it definitely is like the 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 enjoyment of the assassination is not near what it used to be because no. it was like you know you like spend all this time trying to figure out okay how i'm going to infiltrate this base how i'm going to sneak around and get to these past these guards to do this thing and now it's just like oh here's that guy oh everybody's alerted i'm just going to cha- pull, pull out my predator bow and just like shoot him with a shot and then he's dead and or i like run past all the people and just, stab you just say him screw it and kill everybody yeah or you just go in like a yeah game. just kill yeah. everybody um but uh but yeah like Ghost stealth- shishima is actually that's that's the one but yes. I wasn't really stealthy. 
Although you had a choice. They, they tried you know? to, yeah, they yeah. tried to make you do that. You could go both ways. If you want to be more ghost-like, you could, or you could go in there. Did you always like go in there and be like, I'm going to fight with Anna and like holler at them and just have everybody come to you, or you just, just go in there and Because I felt like crazy? that's what this story needed me to do. You did do that? Yeah, I did do yeah. that. Most yeah. of the time. Towards the end, I started being more stealthy. Yeah. Because I felt like it was forcing you to be more stealthy. Yeah. Or really telling you, you should be stealthy. Yeah, you should be a ghost right now. Yeah. Like, don't, like, okay. don't run around like a crazy person. Be a ghost. Me. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I really liked the, the stealth mechanics that were in, uh, Ghost of Shima pretty well. There were some moments where I like did a bad job being stealthy, <laughs> but I did like the way that the stealth, uh, took place in that game. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the one that I feel like is like definitely like the hugest like example of stealth is like the Splinter Cell series. Oh yes. And that's one that sadly hasn't had much love as of late, except for Same in the day, form man. of like, Hey, let's put a, put you know, freaking Sam Fisher and Ghost Recon Breakpoint, yeah. but yeah. not really have a big part of them in yeah. there. Or let's bring them out in a mobile game or something stupid like that. But we haven't seen it. But like, what was your favorite uh, Splinter Cell game? Blacklist. Blacklist? Yeah. Yeah. Because it was more like, <laughs> cause, you know, at first he was an operative and he was going into these, uh, he was going on these missions and doing these things and he's like, okay, he's an operative. But Blacklist made it where he was it's kind of like 24 in a way where you're being targeted as a civilian and you're kind of brought back into being, you know, trying to protect your family, trying to protect, trying to see who's behind you, who's trying to kill you. You're on American soil. People are yeah. trying to kill you. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. And of course, and, and it had the, the co-op missions. Yeah. So two, two people could be together and go through these missions, like a whole different uh, campaign. Yeah. And it was fun. And at the end, you had to kill each other on a plane yeah which is awesome yeah I, I liked blacklist i didn't play through all of it that was one that i like i feel like was later in my timeline of like playing video games and then i was uh didn't like i bought it on pc i believe and then never i played a little bit of it but never quite finished it um but i had a blast with like back when conviction was the thing wasn't that Splinter Cell Conviction? Yeah. yeah. That was the one that was like red and you were like a mercenary dude. Um, okay. I don't think you were, I don't know if you were Sam Fisher in that one, but that had like a lot of red. Blacklist was like you were out in like some jungle place out in uh, Cambodia or some shit like that. I don't remember where you were, but. Oh, so maybe I am thinking of, uh, wait, what did you say? A conviction. Oh, okay. Sorry. Conviction is the one I'm thinking of. Ah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because this is one where you're like, you weren't, I mean, you were already done with it and you were kind of getting back into it. So it was like a, you know, a jump back into a story. But yeah, the co-op stuff was really fun because we did the co-op quite a bit. Like we would play that on like Xbox and shit like that. Yeah. And, um, you know, run through the, the whole process of, of, you know, taking people down stealthily and, you know, working together and stuff like that. That was, that was, that was pretty fun. Um, I, I believe, and then, so after conviction, I think was chaos theory, I think came after that. And then blacklist was like the last one we've seen, but, uh, I didn't play chaos theory, but I did play blacklist for a little bit, but there's been so many of these games that I'm just, I'm surprised that they haven't carried through with this more. Oh, I guess. Okay. So blacklist was the last one. Then conviction was before that. Okay. Then double agent centrals. Yeah. Where's Chaos Theory in this list? Oh, there's Chaos Theory. It was 2005. Okay. Huh. Interesting. Oh, wow, yeah. Way back in the day. 
That's old school. I did play Chaos 3 then, actually, yeah. looking at it. I remember playing this game a little bit. Yeah, everyone loved this back in the day. Yeah. Well, that I remember. But yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised it hasn't gotten more. I think they had a lot of good mechanics. And um, I'm, it's very surprising. I'm thinking because of the, the main actor for who plays Sam Fisher. Like, you can't find anyone who has that voice. Yeah. I'm sure you could, but he's a very unique voice, and he's perfect for this role. And maybe they just, I don't know. You, well, you I mean, they could totally like games. They keep bringing these games back. It's like, why not bring back this game? I know it's weird that they've like held out. I mean, maybe it's because it doesn't fit their their mo anymore. Because it's like it'd be. I feel like nowadays Ubisoft is definitely like driven towards the. We're gonna make a huge open world expansive thing with every game that we make. <clears throat> I mean, with the exception of like Rainbow Six Siege, but they they've definitely done and for honor i guess but even for honor had like i think an open world aspect in some of the missions that they did but so yeah it's i feel like it's just this is too much of a like an i mean it's too linear i guess of a game that they don't want to work on anymore but monetize it yeah probably (laughs) that's probably what it is but i mean you could you could make some really badass like gear for like characters you know what i mean yeah like if you're doing some kind of like super crazy stealth like multiplayer experience, I feel like like sabotage uh, a thing, like and there's th- it's like three v three, and you're having to like stealthily move through the map, and if you get detected, then it like raises a flag or whatever. There could be some interesting things that you could do with a multiplayer component to it as well, and then give you the ability to like upgrade your your gadgets and your gear and all these things. I mean, kind of like what we've been seeing in Watch Dogs Legion, but do it right. Mm-hmm. Not like what they do with Legion, which is not really right. Yeah. But I don't know. Could have it where there's like a certain amount of object- objectives in a map for a multiplayer map. And there are NPCs that are, you know, guards and stuff. And then you, you versus four versus or one V one have to go in and either take someone out and escape or, uh, I don't know, steal something and escape. Or yeah. maybe there's like, if you can collect the most of certain things, like you can escape. And then in the meantime, you're like, you're trying to not be shot by NPCs. And then you have other agents who are in the field who might kill you and take your stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so dishonored. Yes. You played dishonored. I did. Yeah. I don't know if I beat it. Yeah. <laughs> It, this game was uh, this game was hard for me because it was the, I mean there there are some stealth games that intimidate me, um, and this is one that intimidated me because when I played it I was like this is really challenging because I would like get caught like really quickly. But this game reminds me so much of like Bioshock, yes, in a lot of ways, and I, that's why I was like so inter- interested in the world that they built, and um, yeah, I was just bummed that I just didn't latch onto it more because it there's a lot of crazy. Um, stealth mechanics to this and you get to be really really creative in your environment right. like it's very open-ended yeah you want to approach things yeah so and, and that's what was so exciting to me to begin with because i played the first one and i liked the first one yeah um i don't remember too much about it but um corvo yeah i think it was pretty cool and yeah like you said the, the art style is pretty interesting um so but yeah when i jumped into this i just I wasn't digging it for some reason. I don't know. I feel like the pacing, there was issues with the pacing and stuff, but in the story was a little weird. Yeah. But yeah, it is a weird game, but, and it was a, it was a hard game. I think that was the big one for me is that it, it is, it's not for the faint of heart, um, with stuff, but I'm, a, I'm anxious for seeing how they do it. Death loop. 
because I mean it's not stealthy, but it is. But it can be. It can be. I mean, you can be a little bit creative with like the way that you attack things, a lot of verticality and stuff like that, and that's something that I think Dishonored did a really good job of is uh, having that sense of um, uh, verticality, creativity, and stuff like that with the gameplay and the combat scenarios, um, which is cool, I mean, because you're not used to seeing that. I mean, usually it's just like like playing a game like Wolfenstein, you know, you just run around just like shooting everybody. Um, and this one, it's like, no, you got you to gotta think smart about how you play, how you enter a room, how you approach different scenarios and stuff like that. Um, which is, uh, I did like, I mean, not similar to this, but like, Deus Ex Mankind Divided came up on a lot of these and then even Human Revolution I feel like even though it's more of like a shooter there was definitely a lot of like stealth components to it because you're having to not only sneak through like checkpoints and get through like security areas where there's like security cameras and like guys patrolling and all that different stuff but I'm just like getting past like trip mines and and different shit like that it was something that was pretty common and I'm very like that's a game I want to see come back in some form or fashion. Cause there was a last, I think it was mankind divided. It was actually the last day X game. Part of that was human revolution. I think if I remember correctly, but they, I know it didn't get received as well, but I, I just thought the deus X games were, had a cool look to them. Yeah, I mean, it was a cyberpunk before we had cyberpunk. Right. Right. Um, not at, not as like, like grungy and stuff like that, but definitely had that like futuristic, cool looking world that was, um, had a dark side. Um, but I, I want to, I want to see something like that come back. Cause like, there's just, there isn't a lot. I mean, besides Hitman right now, like we don't see many stealth games anymore. Yeah. Like we used to, I mean, they're not as, I mean, cause like, yeah, like you're pulling up Metal Gear right now. Like Metal Gear was a. I mean, were the previous Metal Gears, I mean, they've always been stealth focused, right? Yeah, they're very stealth focused. Not a lot of combat, I guess, here and there, depending on which one you're playing, which, you know, I wasn't really big into it. And then the Phantom Pain, when Phantom Pain came out, it kind of took that to the next level where it allowed you to go loud if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, but obviously, it'd be to your detriment still. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it felt like it just. For me, it was the game I've been wanting to play because I, I didn't really get to play a lot of these other ones. Yeah. And it was nice to go in, and it was a good change of pace at the time when, we, when it came out. Going slow, it had some really cool, like, I felt like there was always good cinematics and stuff, like, an interesting story with these games and being able to play it with, you know, new visuals, uh, interesting gameplay, mm-hmm. doing that stealth. And there's a lot of other encounters to, like, think about uh, time of day and. I think there were some kind of weather effects here and there, like a sandstorm would come in. So use that to your advantage and stuff. And open world, which it wasn't before. Um, Yeah, that's cool. Or open areas, big open areas. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I tried playing like ground zeros and just wasn't, it was just too, it was, again, it was hard. (laughs) It was like, I was so surprised. I thought you would like it. I I thought I would too, honestly. I was on about it for weeks. There's, there's something about like these games. And uh, this is something I want to talk about with like stealth games is that, I feel like the thing I struggle with in stealth games is the uh, understanding of the camera movements. Like the camera tends to throw me off to where like I, I, f- I feel like you have a short window of time to like get in the positions that you need to be to like move through the map and not be detected where like I feel like I have to fight the camera a lot even when it's third person to kind of get unseen or make sure like I'm in the right place I need to be to like carry out my next my next move um that it it kind of trips me up and then I like trip the alarm and somebody sees me and then it just like all goes to shit yeah, like real yeah, fast yeah. 
And well, that I, is a stealth game. <laughs> yeah, and I haven't been able to like get past that hump of like not having that problem so often. Yeah, I guess, yeah. and that's the problem I have with Metal Gear. It's just like I try, and then I get so far, and then one wrong move, and all of a sudden, like everything went to shit. I was like, okay, well, I gotta start that whole round over again. Yeah, and do yeah. it again. No, I, I see what you're saying. You get so far, and then one one wrong move. Yeah, but I mean, it, I think it's just part of part of the game. You know, you mm-hmm. live and you learn, you get better and upgrade your stuff. And that's why I don't play Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stay away from that. Yeah, but Metal Gear Solid, I do appreciate it for what it is. I mean, it's definitely it's got a cool look to it. I mean, it's it's definitely achieved the. I mean, I mean, it's Hideo Kojima. Like, he knows what he's doing. He's been able to output some pretty popular games that are really expansive. And the Phantom Pain was, like, definitely top tier for that that genre oh, of, of game. For his last game it, uh, at, at Konami, it was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, then we have the Hitman series. Yeah. Um, Hitman series is, I feel like, iconic, like, stealth. Um I'm surprised that neither of us have picked up. Well, did you ever play Hitman, like the reboots that have been out, like one, two? I mean, obviously not three, but have you played any of those yet with like IO Interactive? I don't think so. No? Okay. Yeah, I've never really been into it. I mean, I played that last one where they came out with that one level, then they added content. Oh, so you did play that one, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Because that was the first of the reboots. Yeah, so I think I beat that. Wait, a reboot? It was a reboot? No, the one that came out before this last one. Yeah, that was a reboot of the Hitman series. Oh, oh yeah, see, see, they did because they just called it Hitman. <clears throat> yeah, it yeah, was yeah. it was like a reimagining because yeah. that's when they did it episodic and it was open world instead of before they were like much more linear path like kind of a situation. Now it was just like here's a big ass map. You need to enter this map and you have to kill this guy and you need to figure out however you want to do it. Yeah, and that was like IO Interactive's like first mm. their iteration of I got you. rebooting the franchise. I got you. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I played the first one and it was uh, interesting. Yeah. Not what I expected. <laughs> it threw me off because there's not a clear objective. At the time, that's what was kind of weird about it. There's no clear objective. It's right. like, well, there is. Like, you go in and do this, but there's no, like, step A, step B, step yeah, C. Yeah, it's just like you have that. to do this one thing, and you have to figure out how you're going to make it happen. Right. And, I mean, I knew that going in, and but I didn't realize how much freedom you have. Yeah. Because, you know, they, they show the tutorial, or they show the, like, you know, gameplay, or the little demo of it, and they have the voiceover, and they said, you can do this, or you can do this. And I was like, that's really cool, but... I guess the more you play it, the more you learn, obviously. No. Um, but for me, it just it wasn't it just didn't fit into what I wanted to play. Yeah. And I don't know why. Sadly. I feel like for me, it's one of those things where I, I want them to give me a little bit more guidance. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I like games that are, like, very open to a point, but I still want them to kind of give me some direction on what I'm supposed to do. Right. And not it's just like be you like, learn the hey, rules. good luck, like, figure it out. You learn the rules, and then you can break the rules. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. So, yeah, because I know I've I've heard with this one that they uh, because I have the first Hitman um, reboot, and I I haven't dove into it in a while. But I mean, it's like yeah, that's literally what they do is they give you an objective, like saying, "Hey, assassinate so and so," and then they you start out this one area, you know where he is in the game, but now you have to figure out how to get there. Yeah. Um, and then it could be like you go guns a blazing and try and get in there, but that's probably not going to work out. Or you can go up to like go around the back door, find a chef that walks outside the door. You kill the chef, you take his costume, you put that on, and you walk in as a chef, and poison him, and then you yeah you, you can go around and poison him or whatever. Or you can like like you know become like a butler or something like lead him down a path to another direction and then you know slice his head off when he goes in the bathroom or some shit like that. Like there's a bunch of different ways that you can approach it. And which is cool because it gives you all this creative freedom to do that. Yeah. But um, 
but if like like I was talking to I think Josh about it one day and I was we were talking about him and he was just like well if I do something wrong everything's alerted and then it's just game over and I just spent yeah. all that time exploring that world and now it's like back to ground zero again I'm like yeah that's that's exactly the frustration that I run into yeah same here but same um here. yeah did you ever play Alien Isolation I did a little bit yes yeah did you like it yeah it was okay yeah yeah I didn't get too far into it so I can't really yeah say too much on it what about Thief. Thief? Play Thief? Never played Thief. Really? Well, I okay. might have played the original back in yeah. the day. Yeah. Um, but only like very shortly. What about The Last of Us? Uh, I don't know about that game. I can't. Does it ring a bell? Yeah. Uh, yes. No? Yeah. 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 No, that's like uh, that's like uh, Stealth Light. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. It is definitely not as stealthy. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's it, you're always like hiding behind that's stuff true. and that's trying true. to sneak around. Yeah. And, you limited weapons, so it's like, sure. or limited ammunition, so you're having to like, you to be careful, you know, sneak over and like, you know, grab somebody's neck and chop their head off and stuff like that. That's so true. it's, I take that back then. Yeah, it's it's definitely, I, I wouldn't have thought of it as a stealth game, but like, I mean, if you think about the gameplay, it definitely is very That's stealthy. True. That's true, especially when you go in the ground and you don't want the yeah, the zombies to, to get you. Don't you don't want the clickers to take you out or whatever. Yeah. You gotta like sneak around and like avoid them and make sure you're silent enough. And but that that's one of those games that's in a good example of them treating stealth where I don't dislike it to where it's like in that game, even though the camera can be a little janky at times, they give you gameplay mechanics that help take away some of the handicaps of traditional stealth games. And that if I'm like in a world where I like go up and hide behind a wall and I have to make sure I can sneak past like the five guys that are in this room I need to move my camera around to look up over the ledge or look around the corner or whatever or pay attention to sounds to be able to navigate through. Mm -hmm. In this game, because they added that mechanic where you can like have that ear sense and then see through the walls and see where people are, that adds another layer of just... uh, uh, it's a gameplay element that just helps make the stealth a little bit easier and more more um, more consumable. I yeah. guess. I guess that's why I call it stealth light because yeah, you have those you know where abilities, people are yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but then, like you know, I think uh, you know Splinter Cell sometimes has that, like where you can like you know you can tag people, you can mark people. But I think is I think there was like a radar thing you could like send out that would just like use like echolocation or something to detect where he like. Uh, like audio signatures were in some of the later games. I think it was like, well, conviction had it where you can mark them and then do like a ultimate take. Yeah, you can do all the thing. takes. That was cool too. Cause that helped with the stealth aspect. It's like, okay, well if I can mark all these guys and I can just pow, pow, pow. And then yeah. I have, like clear that room out. Right. Um, and I think blacklist had that as well. They carried that over mm. into blacklist. Um, but, uh, I don't know. Any other stealth games you can think of that? Like, like, is there any, any stealth game from your past other than like Splinter Cell that really stood out as, like this is a really badass take on like the stealth genre um that really you know did something different call of duty zombies yeah yeah that's that's one <laughs> just kidding <laughs> no i mean if anything stands out it is splinter cell for sure yeah, yeah. like that was always I me mean, maybe perfect dark i don't i don't even remember perfect dark that much yeah i guess maybe though i can't remember if that was stealthy or not um, I can't either. Yeah, I feel like it wasn't. Yeah, but but yeah, Splinter Cell, like for sure, and that's yeah. the one we've been talking about. Thought we might see a few years ago at E3, and just nothing. Radio silence. Just put Sam Fisher in every property we got. That's that's all they want to do now. Hopefully this year will come. Maybe we'll get some announcement. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <clears throat> they got to get through. I mean, what do they got? That they, 
what's coming out that they need to release? Beyond Good and Evil 2. Oh, um, uh, they need to release... Uh, what else are they working on right now that they haven't released yet? Um, Skull and Bones. Oh, yeah. Dang. Um, I think that's all I got. I mean, because <laughs> I, I don't expect us to see another Ghost Recon Breakpoint for another two couple years. I don't expect us to see another Rainbow Six. Well, we got Quarantine, that Rainbow Six Quarantine. Yeah. That's uh, in development. So those are like the three Ubisoft games that we know. And then supposedly there might be an Assassin's Creed again this year, like a lighter version of Assassin's Creed. But um, that's one too. Like you mentioned earlier before we started, Assassin's Creed being a stealth game at one point. And I agree with that. And I do miss like the early days of the Assassin's Creed where I was like climbing from rooftop to rooftop right. to like, spy on somebody and chase him through the streets and then like get into the crowds and like hide in the crowds or to go sit on a park bench that keeps me hidden. I feel like that, that just doesn't exist in this game. This like latest iteration of it no, where it's, it's like they down. have like a guy you can lure a drunk or you can like hide in a corner or whatever. I'm like, I don't feel like there's ever enough like opportunities to move from building to building and place to place to stay hidden. Right. So I just tend to just like run past everybody and just kill everybody. And that's that's it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is fine. It's fun. But yeah, it's just like we said in our review, or like or I said in our review, like there's no this Assassin's Creed could have been its own thing. It didn't even need to be Assassin's Creed. They just stuck it in there and it's like, okay, cool. Like I'm okay with it. True, true. Yeah. But. Yeah, I like it too. I mean it's 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 definitely been a fun game to uh to I mean, obviously I'm still playing it, so it's a it's a game. Stop, that Brett. I Stop enjoy. it now. I gotta finish it. I'm, I'm, I'm. I like it. Like I actually do like it. I was talking to Jason today. He was thinking. Stop playing. Jason was thinking like about uh, uh, <laughs> starting it again. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I was like, you played 120 hours of that game. You're gonna play it again? He's like, man, because he's getting ready for the DLC. We got DLC coming out in April. Oh, oh my. So like, I want to, like, I want to get done for the DLC because the DLC looks really badass. It takes you to Ireland. And there's like this weird like cult group that's out there that you got to like fight like, you know, and you go in these like dark Whatever. woods where there's what? like bad guys that will attack you like randomly throughout the woods. Whatever. Man. Oh, man. It's so good. You should get back into it. It's basically like The Witcher, but better. Outriders is about to happen. Heck yeah, it is. So I like to see y'all try to get through that DLC. That's true. All right. Um, anything else you want to add? Stealth games. Talk about stealthy things and stuff like that. Nope. Okay, cool. Well, that's, that's our it. discussion on stealth games, everybody. Um, you, if you have any, uh, stealth games that, that you think are, that we missed on this list, they're like, this was a badass. This like was a game that changed stealth. Uh, let us know. I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Pokemon. And, um, you know, Pokemon. Yes, yes, exactly. It's yeah, stealthy in that yeah. grass, man. You gotta get to right. uh, that Mewtwo. Yeah, that's right. It's not where you got it from, but you know. Yeah. Um, and that's going to wrap up our discussion this week. If you want to contribute to next week, well, not next week's segment, we have a guest next week, and the week after that we have a guest, and maybe the week after that we have a guest. But if you want to contribute to a future segment, you should join us on our Discord channel. That link is in the show notes. We'll be right back with our upcoming video game releases. You're listening to The Inner Gamer. Look at
looking forward to next week, let's talk about upcoming video game releases. We have two games coming out before the end of the month. We have on March 26th, actually both of these are on March 26th. First up is It Takes Two from Hazelight, the team that brought us A Way Out and Brothers A Tale of Two Sons and all those great games. This is a game where you embark on the craziest journey of your life in It Takes Two. Invite a friend to join for free with the Friends Pass. This is where you buy one game and can share it with another friend and they don't have to pay for it. So that's really cool. And work together across a huge variety of gleefully disruptive gameplay challenges. It is kind of like one part rom-com, one part uh, Pixar film, one part uh, crazy gameplay adventure. And it looks really, really cool. And it's uh, made by Joseph Ferris. You know, he's kind of crazy and wild and he uh, likes to do um, really cool, innovative games. And this is one of them. So that comes out very, very soon on all platforms, I believe. So like if you're on PlayStation, if you're on the Switch, if you're on the uh, PC, if you're on the other thing, it's an EA original game. So it's oh, being nice. published by EA. That's cool. And uh, it's one of the few ones that I'm actually excited about. That's EA original. So it's good. It's good. Um, so it should be a good time. And then on the 26th, we have Monster Hunter Rise finally coming out on the Switch exclusively. This is a game in which you are set in the ninja-inspired land of Kamara Village. Explore lush ecosystems and battle fearsome monsters to become the ultimate hunter. It's been half a century since the last calamity struck, but a terrifying new monster has reared its head and threatened to plunge the land in chaos once again. Hunt solo or in a party with friends to earn rewards that you can use to craft a huge variety of weapons and armor. Brand new gameplay systems such as the high-flying wire action and your canine companion Palamut will add exciting new layers to the already robust combat that monster hunter is known for and with that that is going to wrap up our show this week be sure and check us out next tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast if you like what you hear please do review on apple Podcasts, and don't forget to join us every single wednesday on our stream at 7 p.m central time at twitch.tv slash the inner gamer cast and if you want to support our show you can donate on our website over at innergamer.net all donations go towards making the podcast videos and streams even better you can also join in on the conversation over on our discord channel so check out the show notes for that link and as always if you cannot contribute monetarily please take time to share this episode with a friend family member or loved one the more eyes we get in front of the content the faster we grow and it helps more than you know so thank you for continued support I'm Austin Morales and I'm Brian Oski and you've been listening to the Innergamer Podcast catch you guys next week podcast out